All right, Adam, it's time to consider candidates for our three-room apartments. This is always tough. We have one spot left in our seventh apartment. And recently, Keith made a suggestion about a slight procedural change. And I don't know if we're executing it exactly like he suggested, but essentially what it is, is we take whoever the three or four candidates are, and we present a poll to the group before you and I discuss it. And what what that allows is, is, is whoever wins the poll gets into a room in an apartment, regardless of what you and I think. Right. And this is partially in response, I think, to some of the outrage from some recent candidates that we turned down. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Keith's our MVP for a reason. I thought it was a very creative idea. So going forward, this is what we're going to do. Our three candidates are James Ingram, Dick Dale, and Hal Blaine. And let's begin by considering James Ingram, submitted by Christopher DeVos. The Ohio-born R&B singer whose, whose soulful baritone voice dominated the charts throughout the 1980s and early 1990s. He has died at the age of 66. TMZ reports that Ingram had been suffering from brain cancer. Here's a little bit about James Ingram. Over the course of his career, Ingram achieved eight top 40 40 hits, two of which went number one on the Billboard Hot 100. He won a Grammy in 1982 for Yamo B. He had three other Grammy nominations. Ingram was a prolific writer and collaborator uh, with many other legendary artists, Debbie Allen, Ingram's friend and longtime creative partner, confirmed the news of his passing. She says, He will always be cherished, loved, and remembered for his genius, his love of family, and his humi- and his humanity. I'm blessed to have been so close. We will forever speak his name. Now, Adam, before we discuss it, which I think we still should at least briefly, James Ingram was our top vote-getter in this week's intern choice poll. So he's going to get in regardless. But do you have any thoughts on James Ingram? I mean, he had some hits. He had the American Tale song, which is pretty cool. Somewhere out there. Um, I mean, he's a musician, two-time Grammy Award winner. That's pretty big. Absent of the poll results, would you have voted in James Ingram? I might not have. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have either. So it's probably good that he, that he was the top vote getter because... Yeah, because he would have been out. I, I don't know that he's got really legendary enough status to earn a spot at apartment. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, he has a big accomplishment, but you know, there's no question. It's it's not that he's un, unrecognized or undecorated, but I mean, I'm th- I'm just off the top of my head. I'm thinking of some other legendary musical acts or individuals, and he doesn't right. really com- he doesn't really compare, right? But that's okay. He is automatically admitted, and will join Luke Perry and Ted Lindsay to complete our seventh apartment. Nice. Let's move on now and see if we can kick off our eighth apartment. I nominated Hal Blaine. Do you know who Hal Blaine is? Um, That name sounds very familiar. Okay. Well, let me tell you a little bit about him, and then we'll have a discussion. Drummer Hal Blaine, who propelled dozens of major hit records during the 1960s and 70s as a member of The Wrecking Crew, Hollywood's elite, ubiquitous cadre of first-call studio musicians died on Monday. He was 90. According to a 2017 Modern Drummer feature, Blaine appeared on more than 35,000 recordings, including some 6,000 singles. Blaine's drumming could be found on all reaches of the Hot 100, usually near the top. Keyboardist Don Randy, a fellow member of the Wrecking Crew, told Variety he was a trendsetter for rock and roll drumming. 
He was featured in the majority of Phil Spector's Wall of Sound productions, including the Ronettes' Be My Baby, which featured perhaps the most indelible drum introduction in rock and roll history. There is a seemingly endless list of legendary songs and albums on which Hal Blaine played. I'm not going to list those, but it was extensive. One of the most versatile players on the L.A. scene, Blaine credited his popularity as a session man to his sensitivity to a song specific, a song's specific demands behind the kit. He had this to say about his approach to his craft. I was like a painter as a drummer accompanist. I used my drumsticks sort of like a painter's brushes. I filled in spaces and colored my work according to that given story. Blaine was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a sideman in 2000 and received a Lifetime Achievement Award, award from the Recording Academy in 2018. Adam, does Hal Blaine deserve a room in one of our apartments? Tough call because his record of accomplishments are infinite. I mean, so one of my favorite studio drummers is um, Kenny Aronoff. And he similarly has like 35,000 records played on. I mean, he's just, you know, Grammys and, you know, awards and... Um, in the industry, people would know who he is, but I'm not sure a lot of people, other people would know who Kenny is or Hal Blaine. Right. Right. Which is not necessarily the be all end all criteria, but celebrity status, like we talk about, it's hard to say. Well, our first criteria is, has the average person heard of that candidate? Right. Probably not for Hal. I acknowledge that most people probably have not heard of Hal Blaine. One, because he was old. I mean, he died at the age of 90. So he was in his prominence in the 60s and 70s. Right. I have a particular appreciation for the session musician just because they're some of the best in the world, but they don't get any recognition for it. 100% agree. And when I just read his, if, if I, instead of reading this article, if I would have just given you the bullet points, I think they would have been very impressive. Yeah. My personal opinion is that he overcomes his lack of celebrity status because he was involved in so many well-known and notable things. It was excellence, plus there was a volume of it, and just the people he was associated with that I would vote him into the, to an apartment. Okay. I'll back that. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, then Hal Blaine will occupy the first room in our eighth apartment. Let's discuss a candidate for room number two. Okay. Surf rock pioneer Dick Dale has died at the age of 81 years old, according to reports. Affectionately known by many as the king of the surf guitar, Dale is credited with the originator of surf-style music. The son of a Lebanese immigrant, Dale's guitar playing incorporated Middle Eastern music scales and a rapid alternate uh, picking technique derived from Tarabaki drumming. He also played a left-handed guitar, but did so without restringing the instrument, which made for more high-end bite on bass strings and warmer treble tones. He was also one of the first guitarists to use reverb. Mainstream America's fascination with surf rock was short-lived as it eventually gave way to the British rock invasion of the mid-1960s. However, Dale's music is widely credited for influencing a host of future rock stars, including the Beach Boys, Jimi Hendrix, and Eddie Van Halen, and served as the precursor to genres like heavy metal and punk rock. Dale also worked closely with Fender and was pivotal in the development of the Fender Stratocaster guitar and high-powered amps, including the first 85-watt transformer. Adam, should Dick Dale be voted into a room in one of our apartments? 100% yes. All right. 
elaborate a little bit. Okay, so I think that if you mention the the name Dick Dale to any like serious musician, they're gonna know who he is, hundred percent. Right. right. Um, he, I, I mean, you listed off like the influence, and I think the influence portion of this is really, really important because it influenced so many types of music. I mean, when you influence the Beach Boys, like that's a big act, like that's a humongous thing. And he did it like all on his own with a jacked up guitar because he had it upside down. Like he didn't have a left-handed guitar. He turned his right-handed guitar upside down. Well, what's interesting about that is one of the, one of the people he influences was Jimi Hendrix, which did something, who did something very similar. Very correct. So I think that like because of the influence, I mean, he directly impacted the way we listen to music today on such a large scale. He invented a style of music that became widely popular in the United States. I mean, he is a celebrity in every sense of the word. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Hooray! That puts Dick Dale in our second room in our eighth apartment alongside Hal Blaine. How about that combination? Dude, can you imagine Dick Dale with the drummer? I mean, they've got all we need is one more musician and we're good. Well, that that's basically like a legendary version of the Black Keys. That's right. <laughs> it's like a legendary version of anything, really. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Adam, normally we'd be done with our discussion about candidates for apartments, but not today. Oh? Because, and I think you're fully aware of this, two animals were nominated for admission recently. Agreed. And this caused, caused quite a stir. Do you have a general opinion about this, about animal nominees? Um... I mean, I believe that all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> According to the film. According to my own belief that dogs are glorious. Um, so I feel like they get their own kind of room. And I feel like if you do, if you kind of open this up, as much as I love my dogs, you know, if you open this up to like their, to that, it becomes a very slippery slope for everything. Like, what about Harambe? What about my parakeet? What about, you know, so this just seems like a whole other thing that, is is different than the apartment. Right. I don't entirely disagree. Now, as time passes, I try to become more and more open-minded towards things. Whereas in the past, I would just have a very strong opinion and shut something down if I disagreed. (laughs) (laughs) I know, hard to believe. However, I'm okay discussing the possibility of animals being voted in Maybe not to occupy a room in an apartment. I'm not sure quite what we would do. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I think we have to apply basically the same standard to any animal nominee that we would to a human. That's fair. Along those lines, I ran a poll asking, who are the most famous animals of all time? And after everyone's additions, there were 24 candidates in the poll. Now, I didn't explain my agenda behind the poll, so that was a little sneaky, but I think it would have influenced the results. Out of the 24, there were six fictional animals added. And so I I removed those from the poll because that doesn't make sense, right? Right. So that leaves, that limits our discussion to 18 real animals that got votes. And I'm ready to share those results. Do it. At the top of the list, would you like to guess who the most famous animal is according to our group? Mr. Ed. No, Mr. Ed came in fourth. Lassie. Oh, yeah. With almost 26% of the vote was in the number one position. Number two was actually a distant second, and that was Shamu with a little over 10% of the vote. 
Number three with 9% was Punxsutawney Phil. Tied with Punxsutawney Phil was Mr. Ed. And then in descending, obviously with a descending percentage, was Flipper, Grumpy Cat in the number six spot, Trigger, Benji, Babe, Spuds McKenzie, Francis the Kicking Mule, Ghost the Wolf from Game of Thrones that got a little over 1%, Ember, The Littlest Hobo, Willie, Harambe, Oreo the Raccoon. So... Uh, like the like the last five or six all got the same, like like a little over one percent, and then Rin Tin Tin Adam, who I've heard of, didn't get a single vote. Canine Cop did not get a vote. We had two nominees. One nominee was Grumpy Cat. Have you ever heard of Grumpy Cat? Of course. Oh, you have. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm on the internet. <laughs> well, I'm on the internet too, and I've never heard of Grumpy Cat. Wow. But Grumpy Cat was nominated by Chris Osborne, Roxanne, and Tiff, all three of them. Grumpy Cat's one of like the biggest memes of all time. I really struggle with this one. However, at least according to our poll, and we do respect the, out- the results of a poll, Grumpy Cat, with, only- with under 4% of the vote, was, the, according to our group, the sixth most popular animal of all time. So are you voting in Grumpy Cat? But where are we voting them in to? I guess to wander around the apartment complex. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, by our criteria, yeah. I mean, we're talking about celebrities here. So uh-huh. Grumpy Cat was, I mean, again, one of the biggest memes of all time. It, it, like the, That cat went around to celebrity after celebrity. They, I mean, again, that criteria is slightly different because the cats, the animals can't really do anything. Other than like, you know, act. Like I'm surprised Air Bud is not on there. And I'm surprised that Spuds McKenzie is on there because that's a really, really niche animal. I mean, huge back in like the early 90s. But damn, I haven't heard the name Spuds McKenzie in, you know, 10 years. So I think Grumpy Cat will live on in infamy. So you think 25 years from now, Grumpy Cat will be remembered on the same level as, as Lassie? No, I think Lassie's a whole like head and shoulders above differently. But I think Lassie is, I don't think we could ask anyone in today's generation who Lassie is and they'd know. I mean, he got 26% of the vote. But look at our demographic in the group. Yeah. All right. So you're you're voting in Grumpy Cat. I, I think we cannot deny the, the, the fame this cat had. Well, I mean, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But the cat was a meme. It's not like it did anything. But the cat, because it became a meme, it took its viral thing until like okay. it began to like travel around and do like spots and shit. With less than four percent of the vote, you think that's substantial? Substantial enough? I'm just saying, like in my opinion, okay. Grumpy Cat was world renowned. I will capitulate and allow Grumpy Cat to get voted into our apartment complex. Yeah, I mean, if we're letting in animals, you know, I mean, it was a popular cat. <laughs> well said. And on a lot of levels, I can relate to the memes, so. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, what about our second candidate, Adam? What about Oreo the Raccoon? Oreo the Raccoon was nominated by Keith, and in our poll, only got a single vote. Yeah, no, I don't even know who that is. (laughs) Okay, I agree. Okay, well, then Grumpy Cat gets in. Oreo does not get in. 
Uh, I'd like to request uh, that Tiff make a record of that, and we will move forward. So let it be written, so let it be donezo. So, for now, our work is done here. If you'd like to nominate someone for consideration or vote on an existing candidate, you can do that by joining the Gravity Beard interns on Facebook and search Interns Choice Poll. Find us on Twitter by searching at The Gravity Beard. You can share your thoughts via our hotline. That number is 321-465-2180. Thank you to our friend Phil Rude for the illustration we use for our episode art. For my pal, Lord Saunders, I'm your co-host, Toph. This has been Three Room Apartment, a Gravity Beer production. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter. Official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.